Welcome to the Sports Business Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Berger. You can find the Sports Business Radio Podcast over 14 years, 500 episodes featuring conversations with people like Mark Cuban, David Stern, Jeannie Buss, Charles Barkley, Jack Nicholas, and Kyrie Irving on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. We're ranked in the top 100 of the business news podcast section on iTunes. Follow us in between podcasts on Twitter at SB Radio. We've been named a top 50 followed by Forbes.com for three consecutive years and on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. No guests this week. Griggs and I are going to go over some headlines of the week. Uh, I had a chance to attend the Players Tech Summit at Bloomberg in San Francisco and wanted to recap that. Really good event. And uh, Griggs and I will talk about that a little bit. I'm joined in studio by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? I'm good. You know, I was thinking, really, if it's just you and me on the show, that's really the reason people tune in. Well, <laughs> I don't know about get that. Down to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is great. Uh, you know, it's ex- I love this time of year because college football is, you know, two weeks away. You got that buzz of fall in the air a little bit. I love it. It's a great time of year. Yeah, we'll talk football in a minute, but let's start with uh, PGA Tour Championship and the ratings for CBS up 69% from 2017, and one word, Griggs, Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when Tiger is in the mix, the ratings go up, the impact he still has on broadcast and attendance. I mean, did you see the sea of people that yeah. were there following him? It, it was almost laughable that the final pairing of the day, Brooks Kepka and Adam Scott, had like a handful of people following yeah. them, and then Tiger has like the entire gallery following him. I think Jim Nance said, you know, this is the most anonymous final pairing we've had in a major <laughs> because everyone was following Tiger. And it's the same thing on TV. You could look at Twitter, 300,000 tweets wow. talking about Tiger just on Sunday when he's in the mix. All the other athletes, all the casual fans, everyone embraces to watch what he's doing. Yeah, it was fascinating, and it was fun watching that. I mean, it's crazy, too. Somebody posted a meme about how we've watched Tiger through the years about, you know, just with our hands up in the air. Right. And it's phones in the air. Then it's, you know, all this stuff. And you watch those camera shots over the gallery, and everybody's recording Tiger right. shots. Yeah. And the crowd, I mean, it is pretty cool. And it's amazing, the, the hold he has on fans. I mean, it's just if he is in the mix, it's just that's all they care about. I mean, the other thing is, look, I think people like a comeback story, right? Oh, yeah. And, and Tiger was at the depths, uh, just a few years ago. I mean, when, you know, he got pulled over in the car and, you know, people talked about addiction to painkillers and obviously the scandal that happened, uh, years ago with his wife and he's had a long road back, the back problems. So mm-hmm. I think, for people to see him compete for a major and making putts like the old Tiger yeah. used to and fist pumping and doing what he was doing, it was exciting. It, it was kind of nostalgic for me and I think yeah. people of our era who remember watching him dominate tournaments. And, you know, whenever he was doing something, you had to get to a TV to see what kind of history is he going to make this week. And I felt like that again. Yeah. Last Sunday when we were watching him. You know, the thing I like, too, that I've seen in Tiger is he is more human now. Like the interviews, he's yeah. laughing. Yeah. He's peaceful. He likes. He thanks the crowd. Yep. He's just changed. He really appreciates the whole aspect of it now. Well, and the biggest thing to me is he used to talk about, well, I didn't have my A game. Or, I didn't have my A minus <laughs> yeah, right. game. Or, now, he was genuinely happy to finish second. Yeah. And, you know, look... 
from where he was to finish second, it is pretty amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, I don't blame him for having satisfaction in finishing second. You know, lost in all of this is Brooks Kepka has won three of the last six majors he's played in. Yeah. I mean, that's remarkable. Crazy. The guy's won four tournaments in his career. Three of them are, are majors. Um, yeah, he was money. He was hitting 348-yard bombs off the tee when a lot of guys would have been hooking it or the pressure would have mm-hmm. gotten to them. He just kept – he's like a machine. He just yeah. kept hitting it right down the fairway and making putts and doing what he needed to do to win that tournament. But people aren't going to remember him. They're going to remember, wow, that's the tournament that Tiger really made a run. It was funny, too, because he even finished before Adam Scott did. He right. knew he already won, yeah. and he just taps in, which was funny. Normally, that doesn't happen. Right. You're usually the last guy that finishes. And you could tell that Tiger, he could hear them clapping for Tiger still, and he's like, oh, I'll just finish out right now. Very anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's kind of him. He, yeah, he's an all-business you know, but that's part of the reason why he hasn't really, you know, stuck with endorsers. He, he has Nike, but he's kind of vanilla. You know, he, he's a great golfer, but he doesn't have much of a personality. Whereas, you know, Tiger has the fist pumps and has the energy. And, and you know, obviously CBS had to be thrilled with uh, the ratings, yeah. again, up 69% from 2017. So, all in all, uh, a pretty good major to end the year. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was really a fun one to end the year, and it, it was fun having Tiger in the gallery, and the crowd was good. It was enjoyable to watch. A few more headlines from this week. Uh, University of Maryland football, what a mess. So uh, Jordan McNair died after collapsing at a team workout. This was months ago. The news this week, Griggs, on a number of fronts. So first... You know, football coach DJ Durkin was placed on administrative leave pending an investigation into McNair's death and more allegations of abuse within the coaching ranks. The medical staff and training staff has been put on administrative leave. The news this week, though, and, you know, I'm in PR. We actually did a panel, which you saw at Sports PR Summit, about Mm -hmm. when legal doesn't allow PR to say certain things. Mm -hmm. So... Your spokesperson can't say certain things because they're afraid that they're going to get sued or those comments may come back to, to haunt them if they address certain issues. Well, the president of Maryland this week has a press conference and he basically admits that University of Maryland is at fault and that they screwed this thing up and that this kid shouldn't have been treated the way he was and he shouldn't have died and he totally took ownership of it. And, you know, to some people, you're like, wow, that's refreshing. No one ever gets up and tells the truth and owns the mistakes anymore, especially in, in corporate world, which I would kind of say, you know, the president of University of Maryland. Like, as soon as that thing is, is he, as soon as he utters those sentences, the lawyer representing Jordan McNair's family is probably like, oh, my God, like, that's it. Like, that's the the remark we needed in order to win our case, not that they weren't going to win anyways. But they owned it, and, you know, now he's totally legally exposed them. So, you know, I thought, great that the president owned it, because, frankly, if you're a parent, are you going to send your kid to University of Maryland to play sports (laughs) with the debacle of their training staff and what this football coach did? And then there's reports that, you know, a year ago, it was suggested to the president, a proposal was submitted to 
redo their training staff, their health staff, make sure that things like this never happen. And then this happens. So, you know, when that report comes out, it's even more ammunition for Jordan McNair's family. And look, no amount of money can bring their son back and plug the hole in their heart for his death. But if you just look at this from a legal case, Jordan McNair's family's case is pretty lock solid after the University of Maryland's comments this week. Yeah, it really is. And we've talked about this for years and years about how NCAA especially has so much corruption. And it, here's another story. And yeah. we just, in, we've said, watch, just watch how many stories start coming out and whether it's, you know, sexual stuff or it's this kind of stuff with the staff. And it's just another university that's now, you know, got a tainted mark on their, on their, on their, uh, their head. And it's, it's sad. And like you said, it's sad that people have to lose lives to, to find these things out. But, uh, uh, it's too bad that it just keeps happening. Well, I mean, from the stories that have come out, DJ Durkin, you know, very militant, uh, abusive to the players verbally. Um, here's the deal, Griggs. And we've talked about this before on this show. We've been talking about this since 2004 when we launched. These universities, they're very insular. They, they live in bubbles. Okay. Yeah. The coaches of basketball and football, if it's a powerhouse, they are judge and jury on everything. Even more so than the president of the university oftentimes. Who's more powerful, Nick Saban or the president of the University of Alabama who you've never heard of, right? <laughs> exactly. Who's the highest paid employee at these states, Urban Meyer or the president at Ohio State? Urban Meyer, Urban, right? Yep. Just in the last few weeks, we've seen the Ohio State. We've seen University of Maryland. Before that, we saw what was happening at Michigan State with Dr. Nassar. We see what's happening at USC with... a. Uh, doctor there, they live in bubbles on these campuses, and they think that they're immortal and that nothing can touch them. I've got all the power. No one can get me. Well, when you see Rick Pitino brought down, when you see Joe Paterno brought down, when you see some of these iconic coaches brought down, I would think it would be a wake-up call to some of the coaches in power today that the climate has changed, and you're not judging jury anymore. And if you do things illegal or you don't report domestic violence or you verbally abuse players or you think this is the military and you're going to not allow them to get a drink when it's 100 plus out and they're wearing pads and someone drops dead like Jordan McNair, it's a different time. But I'm sick and tired of reading these stories, frankly. And the story that I read this week, and this isn't a bad story, but it makes me laugh when we still call the NCAA amateur athletics. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Griggs, the University of Alabama announced this week they're doing upgrades to their athletic facilities at a cost of $600 million. Hmm. There are NFL and NBA and Major League Baseball facilities that will be envious of what the University of Alabama's facilities will be like. But spare me the next time we hear, oh, we're poor. Oh, it's amateur athletics. Oh, there's not enough money for the students. And there's not enough money for student athletes to have meals or housing or whatever. $600 million. Now, that's the extreme because Alabama makes as much money as any right. university in college athletics because of Alabama football. But $600 million, I would love to know what the professors at the University of Alabama think about the money being spent on athletics and probably not being spent on 
academics. But Greg, these facilities, I mean, look, we live in Oregon. University of Oregon really started this with the, the Star Trek facilities, the, you know, lockers that are cooled, the Ferrari leather on the seats in the theater. It's kind of, if you're trying to stick to amateur athletics, none of these optics are doing it. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I, I they're appealing to the 18-year-old kid, right? So, wow, they've got Ferrari leather in the locker room. Wow, they've got, you know, shoes that light up when you run out of the out of the zone. You know, it's you're trying to get these kids here, but each kid you get, obviously, is more money for the NCAA, and the higher rank they get, the bigger recruiting class. You know how it goes. I mean, we've talked about it many times. It's uh, It's not amateur, and there's no shortage of money in football. No, especially, you know, at the Alabamas, the right. Ohio States, the Notre Dames, the yeah. schools like that. They've got tons of money coming in. And, uh, you know, when I saw that story this week, I was like, whoa. All right. Uh, last thing we'll discuss before we get into talking about the Players Tech Summit in San Francisco. I like the show Ballers on HBO. And season four premiere was last Sunday. So uh, that was episode one. And it's funny. Uh, spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear little bit about the show. You haven't caught up on episode one, season four. I'm giving you like 10 seconds to step away <laughs> from your device and not listen to this. But, okay, episode one. So remember last year, Charles, who is played by Omar Benson Miller, is the actor. Big guy. You know, former lineman. And he was the assistant GM on the show with the Miami Dolphins. So GM gets turfed. They don't make him the GM with the Dolphins. So now his agent sets him up with a few interviews. And we come back, episode one, season four, and we find out that Charles is now the GM of the Los Angeles Rams. Well, in real life, Les Snead is the GM of the Los Angeles Rams. But in the show, Les Snead got turfed and Charles is now the GM. So I sent out a tweet this week from at SB Radio and I tagged... Omar Benson Miller, the actor who plays Charles. And I said, I wonder if Les Snead of the Rams knows that he's been fired <laughs> and replaced by Charles at Omar Benson Miller on HBO's Ballers. And, you know, it's just funny because, again, uh, I like these shows and they try and stick to the storylines and keep them as real as possible. But, you know, Les Snead, he, he's done. Charles is the owner of the Rams, or the GM of the Rams. So, <laughs> lo and behold, Omar Benson Miller responds to my tweet, which kind of made my day. I was like, hey, nice. it's pretty funny. That's the thing about social media is you just never know who's listening. Right, right. And there's no wall anymore. Like, you can reach out to anyone and maybe they reply to you. But his response was funny because he said, we're co-GMs of the Rams now. Uh, he couldn't memorize his lines. So <laughs> I thought that was very funny. But, awesome. uh, you know, it endeared me to, to HBO's Ballers even more. And the cool thing about that show, like a lot of times these shows, you're like, that storyline's ridiculous. That would <laughs> never happen. Right. But in Ballers, like a lot of the storylines are, are pretty real. And one of their consultants slash producers is former NFL player Rashad Mendenhall. Mm -hmm. So when you have former players and people who live and breathe in that space consulting you on the storylines for your show, Ballers, you're going to get some real storylines. So I like the fact that it has a lot of uh, real life or close to real life 
uh, storylines to it. It's cool, too, because, I mean, HBO shows, they're the best. They're the best producers. They're the best casting. They do the best stuff. So when you watch a show on HBO, whatever it is, it's always going to, you know it's good. It's just good. It always is. And this one's another example of it. And you're right. They they have people that are contributing to the show that have been in the industry or are in the industry. So it helps get the realness factor to it. So I agree. Well, by the way, I was watching this and watching The Rock, and he's got you know his his goatee going for episode one, and I'm thinking, is there anyone who works more in Hollywood right now than The Rock? I know, right? Like that dude is on everything. He's doing HBO shows. He's yep. doing you know five major motion pictures a year, maybe an animated ma- ma- uh, motion picture. Like he is working hard. He's doing good. <laughs> he, yeah, he's not hurting for money. No. But it's funny because like he was a player at University of Miami, football right. player. Then he goes and you know wrestles, yeah. and now he's like the hottest star in Hollywood. And maybe he doesn't make the greatest movies, and maybe a lot of them are the same. But I like Ballers, yeah, and uh, I think he does a really good job. You know, he show. he also is extremely intelligent too. I mean, just watching interviews with him, I think I saw him on like Ellen or some, one of those shows one time and it's like, wow, the guy is very smart in many industries. Right. He knows a lot about everything and he's just uh, intelligent and from what I've heard, extremely likable, easy to work with and he's even dabbled at politics possibly, he said. And I've heard him talk about that a little bit too so you never know. Yeah. Now, he, he's got a bright future and uh, you know he plays a financial planner slash agent on Ballers so... You know, you, you got to have a little bit of a brain right. to pull off that role <laughs> yeah. and be convincing. Griggs ZipRecruiter is a proud sponsor of Sports Business Radio. I love working with them. I love what they're able to do in the industry with helping the companies and small businesses who are looking for the best employees and looking for them in a timely manner. Uh, 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Griggs, people who work in sports, people who work in business, they don't have weeks and months to recruit the best employees. They need someone in here yesterday, but they need a high-quality candidate, and that's where ZipRecruiter comes in. You know, I'm in radio. I work in radio five days a week, and it's... Revolving door. We're always putting new people on the air. We're putting new people in sales. And this is where ZipRecruiter comes in because you need somebody tomorrow. You need somebody yesterday. You know, somebody leaves or whatever. It's cool. You can go on there and find people targeted to your industry and get them hired like that. And I love the fact the credibility for me is you've got the Washington Capitals, the Chicago Blackhawks, USC and UCLA. These are big organizations that use ZipRecruiter exclusively to do their hiring. So if companies like that are trusting ZipRecruiter to bring in the best employees, you should be trusting ZipRecruiter as well. They're the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive website address. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash SBR. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash SBR. ZipRecruiter.com slash SBR like sports business radio. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, Griggs, we're back here. And uh, I had a chance earlier this week to fly to San Francisco and go to Bloomberg right there at Pier 3 on the Embarcadero on the water. Beautiful office space and, and beautiful setting. And I attended the Players Tech Summit. And you may remember, if you listen to this show, that Andre Iguodala of the NBA champion Golden State Warriors was on our show a few weeks ago. And Andre and his business partner, Rudy Klein Thomas, who, by the way, will be a guest on Sports Business Radio next week, 
they put this event on in conjunction with Bloomberg. And when I saw the concept for this event, I was like, you know what? This is right up my alley. Because first of all, it's an intimate event. So some of you may know that I am the CEO and founder of the Sports PR Summit, which takes place at the Players' Tribune every year. But it's 125 people. So Griggs, I love when you can walk into a room and it's an intimate room. And no matter how powerful the people are in the room, you can just walk up to someone and, and start talking. And it's not like some of these events where there's a thousand people in the room and you're like, whoa, where do I even begin? It's like taking, you know, water from a fire hose and you're like, it's a little overwhelming. Who am I going to get around and talk to? So 125 people or so in this room. It's at Bloomberg and you walk in and there's Andre Iguodala and there's Jalen Brown of the Celtics, who I'll get to in a minute. Terry Walsh Jennings, volleyball superstar, Joe Montana. Maybe the greatest player of all time was there with his son. And then you've got a bunch of other NBA players. Uh, Pat Connaughton, Evan Turner, Kelly Olynyk. Uh, the list goes on and on. I'd say there are about 25 athletes there. Uh, NBA players, NFL players, a few Major League Baseball players. But these are athletes who see the value in being business people. And also in this room were companies like Twitter and Apple, and Facebook, and Bloomberg, and LinkedIn. You're in Silicon Valley. So a lot of those companies were in the room. And then you've got some multi-billionaire Silicon Valley investors. So it's a powerful room. I was joking with someone. I said, if you took a ledger of everyone in this room and how much money they make, I'd be at the bottom of the ledger. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the old Sesame Street song, which of these things is doing his own thing? Come on, can you guess which one? That would have been me. Like, I would have been the guy that didn't belong in that room. (laughs) As far as money-wise. Otherwise, I I think I belong in that room. But uh, money-wise, if you're just going bank account versus bank account, I'm far down that list. Think how many Twitter Twitter, uh, followers, you know, encapsulate in that room. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's crazy. Um, But I love how you mentioned, too, it's a small small event, which is why we love doing the uh, SBR Summit or Sports PR Summit, because uh, you can really talk to these people, like face-to-face, walk up and say, hey, how are you, Jamil? How are you? You know, Michael Vick, whoever. And it's uh, there's there's definitely value in the small, intimate uh, venues like that. So the day starts off with uh, Andre Iguodala and Rudy Klein-Thomas and some people from Bloomberg on stage, you know, thanking everyone for coming. But then the first conversation of the day was called from athlete to entrepreneur. And it was Jalen Brown and Andre Iguodala on stage. Richard Smith from LinkedIn was the moderator. And let me tell you what, Griggs, Jalen Brown, you know, people know about him with the Celtics. He really had a breakthrough year in playoffs last year. He's 21 years old. He went to Cal. I had never spoken to him before. Holy cow. This guy's 21. How impressive is he? And look, you can't be a dummy to go to Cal. You got to be pretty smart to get into Cal. And this guy is so well-spoken. And in a day and age when a lot of his counterparts are sitting in their hotel room playing Fortnite and EA Sports and NBA 2K and not saying those are bad, this guy's out learning about business. And he's figuring out what companies can I invest in? How can I expand my business portfolio? He goes and talks to students. Like, this guy was super impressive. And then, of course, Andre, and again, if you haven't listened to our podcast with him from a few weeks ago, I'd go back and, and find that on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. 
Andre Iguodala, I, I call him the Pied Piper because all of these athletes who were at this event, they were there because of Andre and they were there because of Rudy Klein Thomas. And, you know, Andre may not be Kevin Durant, who is also at the event as far as a superstar on the basketball court, but he has more respect from the athletes as far as his business acumen than any athlete in sports and certainly in the NBA. And, you know, you could just tell the guys that were there and the, the respect that they paid to he and Rudy for putting this event together. So that was really cool conversation to hear about going from athlete to entrepreneur. And again, if you look at Andre Iguodala, a lot of these guys are in the twilight of their career. And they're looking for, how do I set the foundation for the next phase of my life? I'm going to be, you know, 39, 40 years old. I have the rest of my life in front of me. Have I thought about my post-career? Do I have my businesses lined up or my investments lined up? And Andre Iguodala has done that as well as anyone. The next conversation uh, featured Richard Au, who is the director of Prime Video Channels from Amazon. And then my friend, Laura Froelich, who's the head of U.S content partnerships for Twitter. It was good to see her. Laura has been at Sports PR Summit events in the past. We've done some events at Twitter before, and it was really cool. But uh, I had a side conversation with her, and you know, we were talking about some of the things they're doing, whether it's PGA Golf and covering that, whether it's WNBA. But she told me that, Brian, our emphasis on programming is going to be live even more so. And if you think about when they had NFL or PGA like Tiger, like we talked about earlier in this podcast, when big things are happening in live sporting events, Twitter is the campfire that everyone gathers around to talk about what's happening in real time. So they're really going to capitalize on live experiences and live programming and I think live sporting events, and I think that's a great way for them to go. I think they finally found their lane, which is let's do live sporting events, especially some of these events, Griggs, that are the, I I would say, secondary, the PGA, the WNBA, some college football games. It's not the NBA Finals Mm -hmm. and even the NFL but there's plenty of space to have conversation around those events. Yeah, and I love watching the stuff on Twitter. I mean, even the uh, Thursday night football games they did, and uh, it's fun because you see the interaction while you're watching it. It's so cool seeing tweets from everybody and you know what people are talking about while it's happening on the screen. It's really cool, and you're you're with an audience of millions of people doing the same thing at the same time, and you get aspect and feedback from all across the country or all across the world. It's pretty cool. Yeah. The ins and outs of Silicon Valley was another panel discussion that I enjoyed. Uh, starting and scaling a startup, that was really interesting. Heard, heard from some uh, people who have successfully done startups. The new arena, eSports, gold medal philosophy, that's where Carrie Walsh Jennings was. She's starting a new volleyball league called P1440. And AVP is not doing well. The number one player on the AVP tour last year, Griggs, made $38,000. Wow. That's not going to get it done. No. I mean, if you're going to ask elite athletes to play a tour for the whole year with you, and you're only walking away with $38,000, you better be getting side deals and endorsements and all kinds of other stuff, because if you're just playing volleyball, $38,000 is not enough, especially for the number one player. So... P1440, Carrie Walsh, I would Google it, but she's really smart. She's been one of the faces of volleyball, an Olympic hero. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, three-time Olympic gold medalist. And I enjoyed talking to her. I want to bring her on Sports Business Radio in the near future. But uh, keep your eye on that league starting and getting underway. I didn't know that league was even... No, and, I, and that's another sport like you're talking about that you don't necessarily see a bunch. I've loved volleyball since I was a kid. I love playing it, love watching it, and you just don't see it. So I think there's another aspect of where Twitter or somebody else can pick up these live games where you don't see it on mainstream TV, and you're going to get a following because it's. I think it's an enjoyable sport, and especially like the beach volleyball. I think it's awesome because it scores quick. It's a quick game. And right. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Well, and you can create these villages there, which she said they're going to do health and wellness yeah. and merchandising and. You know, I used to go to the AVP events when I was in college at Loyola Marymount sure, in Los yeah. Angeles, go to Manhattan Beach, and, and, you know, there's several thousand people out there gathered on the sand watching volleyball, but cool. you're having good food. Right. You know, you're buying some new sunglasses or some new gear. Uh, it's a whole village of, of things going on outside of just the volleyball. So I think she knows how to do it bigger and better, and sounds like she has some good investors and partners behind her. So uh, P1440, I'll be watching that. Another conversation that I really enjoyed, Andre Iguodala actually conducted an interview with a guy named Jeff Jordan, who is general partner of Andreessen Horowitz. And Jeff is a big investor. And, you know, they were talking about, like, what are the elements that you look for in investing? And my takeaway was you can have all the spreadsheets in the world, but what people really look for is the energy and the vision of the founder. So if you're trying to sell your startup to an investor, what they're looking for more than anything is the vision and the energy of the founder who's trying to, you know, sell that or get that VC money. So that was interesting. And, you know, Jeff pointed out like you could go have a four hour meeting with the founder of a company that you're interested in investing in or that's asking for money. And in that four hours, they're going to determine whether or not they're going to write a check for $50 million. Right. And you're like, holy cow. Like, you better be on your A game as the founder of that company and bring the energy and bring the vision to get someone to write that check. But if they believe, like, all right, this person has the it that we're looking for, here's your $50 million, let's go. Well, we talked about that with Andre when we had him on the show. Right. I mean, he said literally he'll find out in one sentence or five minutes with the guy when he when somebody's asking him to invest – he knows right off the top. It's it's that conversation. He said relationships. You know, getting to know this person and and being confident that this guy knows what he's doing. And I think with Andre, I mean, he's he's got all kinds of business feelings out there, and he's doing all kinds of investments. People know that Andre's that guy. He's you know proved himself in the NBA, but also off the court as a guy that's solid and you know can follow through. Absolutely. Uh, there was a discussion on the future of sports betting and fantasy sports. That was really interesting with where everything is going potentially with sports betting. Uh, everything crypto was another conversation. <laughs> nice. uh, a new approach to fashion was one of the conversations. And then probably one of the highlights of the day, two conversations to end the day. One was the modern athlete's voice, Baron Davis, who mm-hmm. has been on this show before. He's also a very smart entrepreneur. Um, he was on the panel. And Paul Rabel, who is a pro lacrosse player, also an entrepreneur and investor, he was on the panel. Scott Soshnick, who does a great job, does a great podcast with Bloomberg. He moderated that discussion, and uh, I enjoyed that. Hearing from you know how Baron Davis and Paul Rabel are not only using their platform to speak out on things that are non-sports, so they're not sticking to sports, so to speak, but right. they're like making content, documentaries, and 
producing amazing stories that we've never heard of to, you know, with their platform. So it's not like they're out making, you know, major motion pictures, but they're doing these really informative, insightful documentaries and, and putting the spotlight on things that probably otherwise wouldn't have the spotlight put on them. Well, and Baron, we, when we had him at the road show down at uh, UCLA, it was like, he was so just off the cuff. Like, he basically, I knew he was like a documentary. I mean, he told stories. There was no time limit. There was right. no, he just had Two hours. fun. Yeah, he had fun and he just, talked about life and what he does and everything he was very enjoyable i thought he was one of the best interviews we've ever had because he just was chill just talk about whatever i don't care well and you see him you know i've seen him i've known him for a while but you see him walk into a room and he's one of those guys that could sell you anything yeah i mean he has energy on top of energy definitely he makes everyone feel like he's totally engaged with them he's excited about you know every idea that's suggested he just has this really great energy about him. So it was great to see him. And then the closing keynote, uh, Kevin Durant strolls in and, you know, every time I see Kevin Durant in person, I'm like, that dude is taller than yeah. I thought he was last time. Like, at first, you know, he's listed at 6'9". Give me a break. This guy's 7 foot. Yeah. And with his wingspan, he's like 7'5". Yeah. And the way he handles the ball and shoots the ball and does whatever he wants on the basketball court at that size Crazy. is even, yeah, he, he is truly a unicorn, yeah. as they call him in the NBA. But he's on stage with Rich Kleiman, who has been a guest on this show. Go back and listen to that podcast. That's a really good one. But it was nice. I had not met Rich in person before, so I sent him a note the day before. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be at the Players Tech Summit at Bloomberg. Let's have some FaceTime. And, and we did. And it was nice to spend some time with, with Rich. But... You know, the model that's changed with Andre Iguodala and Rudy Klein-Thomas, who again will be on our show next week, and with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman is, it used to be if you were an athlete, you had your money person. And you said, all right, I've got X amount of money, I'm going to hand you my money, and you're going to go invest it and ideally turn it into more money, right? Well, a lot of these investment types either lost the money, embezzled the money, or the athlete was like, you know what? You don't have the same stake in this that I do. Like, your skin's not in the game. This is my money. If you screw this up, like, what's the damage to you? Mm. Other than I may just hire another financial advisor, you're not losing any money. But with Rudy, with Andre, and Rich, with KD, like, they are 50-50 partners or partners on these things. So they're putting their own money in. So if they're like, hey, I think this is the investment, KD, or this is the investment, Andre, let's do this. They're putting their own money up and putting it in. So if the thing loses, they feel the same pain that the athlete does. That's the new model. And the other thing is, is Rudy and, and Rich Kleiman are super smart, super charismatic, super engaging with others. It's no wonder after seeing them work the room last week that they get the deals done that they get done because they're really charismatic. People bring them prime deals. Um, they've really changed kind of that athlete model. But it was interesting listening to them talk to Rudy Klein-Thomas on stage. He's who interviewed KD and, and Rich Klein. And one of the things that was a really interesting nugget that came out of this is that Rudy sat down with KD in 2016 when he was still with OKC. And... KD was asking Rudy about Silicon Valley and the businesses and all these things. And, and Rudy's takeaway was, I think KD might be coming to the Warriors. Like it was, he didn't formally come out and say, look, I'm going to sign with Golden State. 
can you help me make inroads in Silicon Valley? <laughs> but he was asking the type of questions that led Rudy to believe that <laughs> I think KD is going to leave OKC and, and come to Golden State. And everyone in the room kind of laughed. But it is those types of things that kind of tip you off that an athlete may be thinking a certain way before they sign. And certainly you can't argue with what Katie's decision was because he's made lots of uh, money and investments and things like that in uh, Silicon Valley since he's gone there. Other guys I caught up with, Evan Turner, who you know went to the Ohio State, smart business person, and Pat Connaughton, who... You know, I was kind of mad at myself. So Pat has played here in Portland for the last few years. He's left Portland. He's going to go play with the Milwaukee Bucks. And I'm like, you know, I've never really sat and talked with Pat. I've seen him throw a baseball 100 miles an hour, and I've talked to him a little bit. We never talked business. So we talked business at this event in one of the networking areas. And I get to talk to him and find out that Pat Connaughton's dad, while he was growing up, was in construction and had a construction company. So Pat grew up around construction. So what has Pat done now? He started a real estate company and he started small flipping houses and you know just his own money in. And then some other athletes were like, hey, you know what you're doing. You're doing pretty well with that. What about us putting some money in? And Pat's like, hey, I got this. But if you want in on this and you want to see some money going in and money coming out quickly, like, all right, we can do this. So he's built this little real estate empire. And if you hear a lot of people have never even heard of Pat Connaughton, even though he's been playing in the NBA. He went to Notre Dame, so he's a smart guy. But after talking to him, I'm like, I've heard of him, obviously, because he played in Portland. He's a well-spoken guy, but this guy's a savvy business person. And it's just another example of a guy who's not playing Fortnite, a guy who's not screwing around, you know, off the court. He's getting down to business. He's building something. And when he's done playing... He's going to have something to roll right into. And by the way, he's not making KD and LeBron money. Right. So he's maximizing his money. And, you know, Kerry uh, uh, Walsh, Jennings, who I talked about earlier, is starting this volleyball league. Like, it was fun for me to go around and talk to Jalen Brown and Kerry Walsh. And I kept thinking, God, I wish I was able to record all of these. Yeah. And, you know, this was kind of an informal setting, so I wasn't setting up shop and doing recordings for this podcast. But I want to get some of these people on in the future because they all have great business stories to tell. And it was really impressive to be in a room with such smart people and to see the athletes have their CEO brain on for the day and see how smart they are and how well thought out some of their businesses are. It was cool, Griggs. It was a day well spent. I flew in and flew out the same day. Since I'm West Coast based, so I was exhausted at the end of the day. Sure, but it was well worth the trip. And I thank Bloomberg and you know Rudy Klein Thomas and Keith Astorbrook, who works with Andre Iguodala and Andre for inviting me to attend the event. But these are the types of events, Griggs, where if you want to get me to your event, if it's a high value room, if it's you know some really thoughtful, smart people in the room, and there's only. You know, a, a certain number of people in the room. It's 100 to 125 people in the room. It's not a 1,000. Those are the best events to attend and the ones that I get the most value out of. Plus, it also the athletes also open up more, I think, when they're in small, intimate venues. Well, because you know what they think, and whether it's Michael Vick at our event or David Fisdale or Jeff Gordon or whoever, or at this event, they walk into the room and they're like, you know what, everyone in this room, they're important. Right. You know, there's not people in here that aren't important and... 
So if someone approaches them, they're like, okay, I want to find out what this person does. Is it a VC investor? Is it a tech company I should be getting to know? Is it Brian Berger with Sports Business Radio who could have me on his show to promote my business interests and what I'm doing? Is it Bloomberg? Who is it? But no one looks at you sideways like, oh, God, what do you want? Like It it was the most approachable room that I've been in other than Sports PR Summit. And I got to tell you, they're on to something with this event. And I hope they keep doing it. And I think with Andre and Rudy being the engine behind it and Keith Astorbrook, it's going to keep going. But uh, it was a really well done event. And, you know, as I tweeted out, it's become my, my favorite event now other than Sports PR Summit and Sports Business Radio Roadshow. So it was cool, Griggs. We'll have to see if we can uh, get you in one of these years. Maybe we do set up and, and do some interviews. It'd be cool, yeah. And I actually haven't been to San Fran yet. So one of these times, I'd like, I know, right? Man. <clears throat> I got to so- get down there. Griggs, let's see. We've introduced you to LA. LA. We've introduced you to New York. Yeah. Uh, we've got some shows coming up that are yet to be announced, but you're going to get introduced to a new city with, with one of those shows. Yeah. yeah. You are getting me traveled. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> we, you're like the NCAA universities. You live in the bubble. <laughs> yeah. We, we got to get you outside the bubble. Exactly. <laughs> There's a whole world to yep. see out there. Sports Business Radio is sponsored by Boingo Wireless, the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. Today's sports fans expect strong, fast mobile connections at their favorite stadiums. Research shows that fans will leave at halftime if they cannot get connected, which is part of the reason why professional and collegiate sports venues alike work with Boingo to manage their wireless networks. As the world's leading connectivity expert, Boingo knows how to make a venue's vision for the connected fan experience a reality. They are the only company that can provide end-to-end wireless service so teams can focus on the big game, not on their network. Boingo designs, installs, and manages Wi-Fi and cellular networks at university stadiums like K-State and the University of Houston and major league venues like Soldier Field, Phillips Arena, and Vivint Smart Home Arena. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports, led by companies like Boingo. Boingo connects you to the people and things you love, like sports. For more information, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to Hadley Heck. She's a student athlete at Portland State University, and she's our new Sports Business Radio intern. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at boingo. I want to welcome ZipRecruiter to our family of sponsors. Again, really happy to have them on board. My listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash SBR. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash SBR. Happy to have them on board. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio. We're rated in the top 50 business news podcasts. You can also find our show on Audio Boom via the TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps and, of course, at sportsbusinessradio.com. Follow me on Twitter in between shows at SB Radio. Follow us on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. Bringing you the biggest names in sports business. Without further ado, we all know this gentleman. Let's give David Stern a big round of applause. 
Let's welcome the president of the NCAA, Mark Emmert. Give him a hand. Let's give a big hand to USC alum and co-owner of the Lakers and president of the Lakers, Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. Thank you so, so much for having me, Brian. It was very, very kind, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you, sir. Sir Charles, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing this morning? Today's guest is Memphis Grizzlies head coach David Fisdale. You're the man, Bart. My guest is tennis icon Chris Everett. He was very interesting. You asked great questions, so thank you very much, Brian. Pleased to welcome to the show Kyrie Irving, the number one pick in the 2011 NBA draft. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be joined by Pete Carroll, the executive VP of football operations and the head football coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Coach, how are you? Doing good. What's going on? Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio.